Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, a rather stunning victory for Wednesday at Middlesbrough. We've got reaction from Gary Monk and from Baza. And we'll look ahead to Tuesday night's trip to Hull. So, a uh, 4-1 win at uh, Borough. Go on then, sum that one up. Very enjoyable, yes, that first half. I, I don't think I've uh, ever experienced a half like that uh, in covering Wednesday all these years. Yeah, to be in such a lovely position at 4-1 up after 35 minutes. And uh, I, I just loved that Wednesday they executed Gary Monk's game plan to perfection. And they, they went for the aerial bombardment and... Gary Monk decided to go with the the big t- you know the two big lads up front and it it seriously paid dividends at Inouye and Stephen Fletcher uh, they they tore uh, Ryan Shotton and Dale Fry who by the way is an England under twenty one international their captain not bad players, are they? no especially Dale Fry you know, you know uh, he's worth you know people have been saying six to ten million and uh, he was taught a f- oh, an absolute lesson on the day. And, yeah, you know, full marks to Wednesday. Uh, you know, the set pieces from Barry Bannon for the first two goals, sensational. Um, Dominic Iorfa, man of the match, goal, top performance from him. He He's getting better. He's really going into it, isn't he? He really is. Um, I, I felt like I gave him a little bit of stick. Uh, earlier in the season, maybe you know, maybe it was justified, uh, but he's kind of answering those critics now, isn't he? And Moses Odebajo as well. Word for him, you know, probably his best performance uh, in this little run that he's now had back in the side. And yeah, things are coming together. I must say, uh, things are looking pretty positive right now uh, in in general. And you know, it's been a, a great start. Seven points out of nine so far for. Gary Monk, who really, you know, he, he didn't say it publicly, but I'm sure privately he would have very much enjoyed Saturday night <laughs> and going back there, you know, after the uh, the tough spell that he had uh, at Borough where things didn't go according to plan. So for Wednesday to put in such a strong performance and they could have scored more. It really wouldn't have flattered them if they just put six or seven past Middlesbrough, even in the second half. Uh, they had you know, Sam Winnell uh, having that chance at the end. Moses Odebajo probably should have scored. But yeah, lots of good individual performances. Only negative was the goal they conceded from a set play. I think Sam Hutchinson will be a bit disappointed. But yeah, to go to Middlesbrough to put four past them and uh, to put, you know, just put in such a great display. Yeah, you know, you have to really take your hats off to them. I don't think anyone saw it coming, no. uh, which makes it all the more enjoyable, doesn't it? Uh, right, first of all, then, let's look at team selection. So, uh, obviously, our, our, our opinions last week, we ran a poll. Uh, 89% of people said that they thought that Massimo Luongo should start. Uh, Gary Monk had other ideas. We've already kind of touched on that with the two big guys up front. We've got to say, he got it right. He definitely did, yeah. Uh, and it is hard on... Massimo Luongo, that he is having to sort of play the backup role in the minute. He's almost waiting for Sam Hutchinson to pick up a, a fifth booking uh, or or pick up an injury, which is actually what happened, so it gave him opportunity. I, I, I thought, actually, Luongo, that he was solid enough in midfield he, he, without being spectacular. I don't think it was one of his best performances since coming into the club. So whether he did enough to take that opportunity... Uh, and now it means he's going to start against Hull. 
I'm not sure that he did. And by sound of things, I think Sam Hutchinson is going to be fit for Hull. So I, I really don't expect expect many changes, if any at all, really, uh, for Hull. How can you change a team when you put in a display like that? I think it sends out the wrong message almost if you, you start making two or three changes. I know that you've, they've got the three games in the week and managers do like to rotate and use the full depth for their squad but I think after you score four away from home it doesn't happen very often last time it happened for Sheffield Wednesday was five and a half years ago at Bournemouth were you there James right. do you remember it uh, Stuart Gray I think Chris, Chris Maguire oh, got there, one yeah. of them yeah, it was, um, just it was a little bit before my time I wasn't there for that visit but yeah, yeah I mean I that was that was uh, yeah a great day and uh, yeah I, I don't think you can make many changes if any tricky it would be tricky um obviously we'll, we'll come on to Hull in a bit more depth um later on um I, two it, it doesn't matter who you play in whether it's home or away or anything I tune up after six minutes is just dreamland stuff isn't it like you you kind of think right this is how this game is going to unfold this is just brilliant and and every time Wednesday came forward it looked like yeah. We were going to score, which was uh, which was brilliant. Now um, I have to apologise to Sheffield Wednesday for this because when Borough pulled that goal back, I thought, oh, here we go. Um, and I thought we were just going to capitulate. To be honest, I thought, right, Borough now will just throw everything at us. Um, and it was, to be fair, it was a great strike. And um, I know you know there's there's some um, negatives around some of the, the defending and whatnot, but um, you know in the end, it just it didn't matter at all because this is a we're starting to see a resilient Sheffield Wednesday here aren't we? That, we just are. don't, that don't give up and um, for all, of all the people to, to then go and score to, to restore that two goal cushion we've talked about him a lot uh, you said last week didn't you you know it would be we, we, we can't even consider dropping Adam Reach at the moment because all he's going to need is a goal and we'll see a very different um, player uh, and that's exactly what he got and what a great goal it was oh it de- absolutely was yeah good play from Matty Knew you uh, as well, making that space for Adam Reach and what a finish. We know that uh, he's got that in his locker and he's capable of it. And it gave him the confidence and to kick on and the assist for the four for Stephen Fletcher, trademark header. Uh, and I, I've got to say, actually, I'm surprised that Middlesbrough maybe uh, they didn't uh, try appealing a little bit harder for a foul, perhaps. Uh, Stephen Fletcher using, using uh, Dale Fry to sort of uh, heave himself up there, yes. Certainly, it, it, it was a little bit of leverage there, but yeah, we've seen Stephen Fletcher uh, do something similar like that before. He's very clever and cute at doing that, yeah. uh, and he'd made himself that half a yard, and then he's just used the defender to make sure that you know he's got himself into the perfect position to get his head uh, on the ball. And uh, yeah, what I mean, brilliant form he's in as well. Five and nine championship starts. Uh, you know, he's in. As we keep saying, the 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 best level of form and performances that uh, you know he's maybe ever been in his career, but certainly at Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, without absolutely. a doubt. But yeah, he's so good for Adam Reach, so happy for him that, and I hope he now really pushes on and we start to see consistently, uh, you know, that, you know what we all know he's capable of. I've watched the uh, the Fletcher goal back a few times, and every time I watch it, I think. He's got absolutely no right to get to that ball and he's certainly got no right to stick it in the back of the net. It's a really hard angle that to, to stick the ball away. So, um, you know, another really, really good goal. And what what I like, and I've said this a few times, is that we're, we're scoring from balls into the box so much yeah. now. Uh, and it means that, you know, we're, we're a dangerous 
team if if a team just uh, packs out the midfield um you know previously we'd struggle because that was that was how we would you know that's where we had to play in order to to score goal after goal now we're seeing you know this this different wednesday with with balls into the box being dangerous time after time after time which yep. is um which is brilliant um, let's get a bit of reaction from uh, gary monk who said it was a much deserved result i've always said it you know the the team that can focus and, and bring their game plan the strongest, um, more often than not, will win the game. Um, and we did that perfectly today, especially the first half. We were, I think, the pleasing bit about that was we just showed how devastating we can be. And um, we talked about midweek where we had the opportunities against Evan, we didn't take them. Today we were ruthless and clinical, and that's what you need to be. And I thought the first half was exceptional and clinical ruthlessness and a real follow on the game plan. And then because it's such a lead, you know what's going to happen. You know, as much as you say it and you talk about, you know, the reaction of the opposition and what it's going to be, you know, they're at home in front of their fans. We knew they would come out and fight and make it difficult. And, and you have to, you know, be ready for that and, and weather that storm. A little bit disjointed in the second half in certain moments, but I thought overall we controlled that fight back, which we expected. And, and we had a great opportunity to, to extend it, you know, but overall a very pleasing day and to score four goals away from home is you know if you've done that you've, you've always obviously done something right even when you're setting out you know the perfect game plan could you imagine it going quite so well as it did in the first half yeah I imagine it in my mind every day that's how, how it goes <laughs> so quite often it doesn't go as good as that but um no it was very pleasing i think that's again it's it's down to the player's attitude and understanding of okay what we work on in a week how you take that onto the pitch and that's why I've been interested in watching the players over these even though it's only been a short period you know who can take it on the pitch and they've all done it you know in all the games they've all taken certain elements of what we've you know I'm asking them to do and what we're training to do and take it onto the pitch and do it with a determination and a a desire and an intensity and I think um, the first half proved more to them than anyone else just like when they do that with the right mindset and the right intensity just how devastating they can be and um, that's something that we need to push for for game after game after game. It's, it's the intention to do it. You know, we won't always be able to reach those levels, but the, the fight for it needs to be there in every single game. Before today, you'd led the championship in terms of headed goals, and well, that was the, the route to goal again today. Just how devastating was Nuiu and, and Fletcher and, and the deliveries as well, quality from yeah. Bannon? Well, it's something that we targeted in the week. I just felt there was a vulnerability with Middlesbrough in those situations. and. And yeah, we were devastating and um, good quality goals, good quality deliveries. Um, again, working hard on the training ground and, and then can you take that onto the pitch and deliver it in that moment? And, and we did that. We know we have the quality to do that as well. So, yeah, very pleased and um, it's cliche to say, but it's the truth. We've got a lot more work to do. There's certain bits I even still see in that first half where we can do better, but that's the demand, you know, the, trying to push the standard. The players understand that the standard has to go up and we have to do that week after week, game after game. It's very difficult to do that in the championship, but our aim is to try and at least fight for that. Okay, we touched a little bit earlier then, Sam Hutchinson. Uh, did we jinx him last week when we were talking Maybe about we how did. he's played mm. every minute of every championship game so far? Was, I think that was what you said, yeah. It was, yeah. So you, really. Sorry, Sam, my fault. Um, so he went off um, injured, as you kind of talked about before, Luongo came on and didn't make a huge impact, although I thought a solid job from yeah. uh, Massimo Luongo. Um, interesting that uh, there's talk already about whether Sam Hutchinson is going to be fit to, to play on Tuesday night, um, which I think 
it's natural, isn't it, that we have this feeling of dread when we see Sam Hutchinson go off injured that you just think, oh, how long this time? Uh, but it's just there's just as much chance, isn't it? It's just a little, you know, he's just feeling a little twinge and, and he's, you know, back for the for the next game. So, yeah, he, um, trained so as, he trained fine on Monday. So he'll be in the squad and I expect him to start. Uh, and after that, you've got Tom Lees who is progressing, but... I still don't think we're going to see Tom Lees until after the second international break. I think it's Cardiff away. And what a boost that's going to be for Wednesday that they have Tom Lees returning, the club captain, as well as Fernando Forestieri. So the options then that that will give Wednesday. And Wednesday do have a bit of a defensive uh, quandary right now with the form that Dominic Iorfa and the performances he's put in in the last two league ma- matches. And it, I, I, he did actually all right. And I think he acquitted himself reasonably well against Everton too. So that partnership between him and Julian Berner is definitely progressing and and growing all the time uh, so uh, yeah he's going to have a job on his hands getting back in this team we we both said um, on on Thursday that we'd probably pick Palmer and Fox as being the two fullbacks um, Gary Monk very much stood by his guns didn't he and, and, and went with you know, effectively, you know, his two, um, who he's um, seemingly preferred to to play since he's been at the at the club. Um, it did work as well, and and, and got to you know credit where it's due. It's going to be difficult for him to change those two now, isn't it? Difficult for him to change any of that back yeah. four. It, it's you, you can't really see. We've got two games down until the next international break. I, I wouldn't well, have thought. Well, in all the league matches, uh, he's picked the same back four, hasn't right. he? So and, and so I imagine he'll go same again on Tuesday against Hull. And I think he'll, he'll like that continuity at the moment. And uh, so far, what Wednesday in the in the league, they've conceded under him two in three, but not that many chances, too many opportunities for the opposition. Uh, so we know that so far since Gary Monk's come in that it's, it's been a very sort of simple but back to basics approach of where organisation and that structure within the team very important to him so yeah I don't think the back four at the moment there's any reason to change it we're, we're less than a week now away from the next international break which is the natural time when you kind of take a step back and just kind of look at things but thinking about Gary Monk's time in charge of the club um, it felt like on Saturday that we we were just starting to see Gary Monk kind of putting his stamp on the team. You can see the things that he's changed, what he's trying to do, him standing by certain players, um, and getting uh, and getting his rewards really. Well, and it's the work that they've already done on the training ground to get the set pieces to be as good as they were at the Riverside. I I think. He's been here less than a month. And let's not forget, he also came in on his own. He's not brought any of his his own coaching staff in. So he's not been able to uh, put his mark on the place from that point of view. I think that shows actually uh, you know, what a confident person he is to be able to come in. Because how often do you see new managers, or, or you know, when they go into a club, they bring with them their own coaching staff. But he hasn't felt the need to yet. Or he's felt very confident and comfortable in his own skin. And you know, I know for a fact that he's actually very hands-on with the training sessions too, uh, and that he leads and he takes a lot of them. So, uh, yeah, I just think it's it's very encouraging that we've seen the adaptability, different formations, the the work on set pieces. Imagine what work and and how Wednesday going to look 
when you've got the international break to actually put in that body of work and to put even more work on the training ground and to actually focus on I know yeah I know that he's he's spoken a lot about he still thinks that from an offensive point of view there's a heck of a lot of improvement that can still be done uh, and that's uh, it's not a bad position to be in is it when you've just put four in <laughs> away from home uh, but he still, you know, as a the perfectionist that he is, he still thinks that there is plenty of room for improvement. It's a great point um, that you made a moment ago about him coming in by himself. Well, we forget about that, don't we? About how you know we we've seen this before with managers at, at Hillsborough. Dave Jones was a, a, a textbook example of a manager who was only really as good as the staff that he got around him. And when uh, we saw when Terry Burton left, the results went downhill. Stuart Gray came in, and results picked back up again. Um, so we know just how much of a the manager is kind of you know a figurehead of the wider kind of group of people that are doing the work um, and he's, he's coming on his own he's had to get to know Lee Bullen pretty quickly slightly awkward position him taking over from Lee Bullen as well and you know that can't be easy for them to to just kind of get straight on with things which is exactly what they had to to do uh, but that does seem to be it seems to be working that partnership when you, you look at them on the touchline and I've done this in a few games now um, and you get the real feeling that they're very much operating as a team them too. Absolutely and uh, you saw from the celebrations at the end Lee Bowen enjoyed that at, at the, uh, the end of the game going in to uh, celebrate with the uh, the 2,800 Wednesday fans that were there and uh, it, it was it was a great day out wasn't it and uh, like you say that relationship um, will only get stronger that working relationship between Lee Bowen and Gary Monk the longer that he's there uh, and I'm sure eventually there will come a point where uh, he'll look at it and go I'd quite uh, just add to the coaching teams I still think they are light in there there's no doubt about that uh, you know from where they were at the end of last season uh, so I'm sure there will be a new face or two that comes in but at the moment yeah the uh, Gary Monk is working with the squad and the coaching team that he's inherited and he's done a really good job so far. Um, were there any kind of areas of concern? I mentioned I the I set piece. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, it's not like looking for negatives for the sake of it, but uh, was there anything you kind of think, yeah, set pieces is one, anything else that you kind of think, oh, well, there's something there that Wednesday still need to I, work on? Yeah, I, sp- I, I, I did actually pick up on this on, on Saturday that, uh, I thought that there was a 15-minute period after half-time where they switched off and Britta Sombolonga, he definitely should have scored one. He, he probably should have had two. He missed a, a couple big chances. And if Middlesbrough had pulled another goal back, that would have made things a little bit more interesting. So, uh, But it is hard. I think, you know, I'm being uber-critical there. When you, you go 4-1 up away from home, uh, to mentally stay switched on for the full 90 minutes it is very challenging. Uh, I don't care how good a team you are and what players you've got. That's not an easy actually position to be in when you, you're almost in cruise control away from home. Uh, but I suppose, yeah, you could go and say the game management, that side of it, still work in progress. But that's what we know this group is. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is that um, I said, I think, from this these this run of games, going, I wanted eight points and they've already got seven with two games to go. Uh, so they're on course to get a very good points total and to be potentially sitting in the playoffs going into the next international break. So it would be great. You had to say that, didn't you? They'll I lose did, the next two now. You know that would be your fault. It'd be your Sorry, fault. mate. Uh, right, let's hear from Barry Bannon. As you'd guess, he was pretty pleased with the win. Yeah, it was a great result. Um, the first half performance was nothing short of brilliant. I think 
the game plan we stuck to was worked down to a tee and I think we were clinical in their box today and it just shows you um, I've said it for a while now that we've got a result like that in us and someone was going to be on the end of it and just so happened to be today that it was Middlesbrough that were um, on the end of it. Well, the first two goals, both as a result of a very, very tricky deliveries for Middlesbrough to deal with. The first one put into their own net and then Iortha gets his head on the second. At that point, I mean, it was just extraordinary how well he'd started. Yeah, we've been working on set pieces, to be fair, since the new gaff was come in. And I think we've scored a few goals from them now, so it just shows you that no matter if the other team know what the signals and that are, if you're, you're practising it every single week and you're putting the ball in the right areas, you've got people here that are going to score and probably in Middlesbrough would have known the signals but the gaffer's bang on what he said to us if we do it to our best then we'll score goals and it's best paid off yeah and, and were you surprised by Middlesbrough today they just seem, couldn't seem to handle you in that first half um, I wasn't surprised it's difficult obviously if you can see two early goals it's it's hard it was from set pieces um, so we grew it we, that gave us a added confidence and then it's hard for a team to bounce back after conceding two early goals so I think you've got to give credit to us that we killed the game off straight away in the first half and never really gave them a chance. Talk to me about Gary Monkman. He's come in and, and clearly had a, an impact already. What's it he said to you about your role and what he wants from you? Um, he just makes it clear. That's the thing. There's no there's no in between. Um, he, he, he just makes it simple for you as a player and tells you what he wants you to do and who's your man and things like that. So there's no excuses. Um, if things are going wrong, it's we'll, we'll know who's to blame. So... That's been a big thing, it's just knowing your job and what your role is in the team and I think the boys have all bought into it perfectly and um, still early days yet but it's it's looking good. You must be enjoying that role at the moment. Yeah, I'm enjoying it obviously. When you come off the back of a 4-1-1 away to home, you're going to be the happiest person in the world so I'm enjoying my time at the minute, um, creating goals and and also captaining the team in the absence of Tom Lees is a big honour for me as well so I'm really enjoying my football. So in my notes here, I've put down, we have Hull on Tuesday night. Changes are surely inevitable. Does Fletcher sit this one out? Just thinking about from a squad rotation point of view. But your point earlier, uh, which is a fair point, do you change a winning team? We've had managers in the not-too-distant past that we used to berate for, for changing a winning team when uh, or, or taking out a man-of-the-match performance. Um, I mean, Fletcher's in great form, there's no doubt about it. Can he play three games in a week? That's the big question. You're right, I think. It wouldn't totally surprise me if Stephen Fletcher didn't start, um, because, like you say, with it being three games in a week, and you look at it historically, that that's not been necessarily easy for him at 32 and with the knee problems that he's had, but he is in the form of his life, uh, and so I, I would be reluctant not to play him, and uh, particularly in, with this being the second of the three matches and I and I, I do I actually always looked at this one and thought this would be the toughest of the week uh, with the attacking threat and players that Hull have got uh, so, but yeah if if it's not Stephen Fletcher then who do you go with it's Sam Winnell and Atty knew you they both played together against Everton mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Rhodes wasn't even in the squad again uh, on Saturday if if you I don't know Jordan Rose maybe Very come back hard. onto the bench but I certainly <laughs> can't see him starting uh, ahead of Sam Winnell there you know Sam Winnell and Atty knew you ahead of him in the pecking order uh, but yeah other than that in midfield as long as Sam Hutchinson is a hundred percent fit and feels okay and ready then I don't see the back four or the midfield changing. 
Um, it might not. It certainly wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? If he if he gave Hutch the night off um, and and did something else in midfield, it feel it does feel like we've got just three or four real good quality uh, options. It's not it's not that big a compromise to actually change a couple of things if he wants to. I know he's saying. Interesting. I, I, one, I would though. argue though that Fletcher that's a, that's a big loss though. It's a big miss if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he doesn't play. They don't have a light for light replacement. And uh, Atty knew. Yeah, he's got an assist on Saturday, and off the bench he's done better than when he started. Although he did have a very good game at Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. and Sam Winnell still has a lot to prove, and as his form has been a bit up and down. So you take Stephen Fletcher out of that attack, is it the same? I would argue no. I, I, I'd agree, I'd agree. Um maybe maybe he says to Stephen Fletcher, look, you know, let's 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 see how things are after an hour uh, and take it from there. I was a little bit surprised Stephen Fletcher didn't go off on Saturday when it was quite obvious that the points were in the bag. Atty knew you goes off, Stephen Fletcher stays on. I was a little bit surprised about uh, that. Uh, what the, the impression that I do get with Gary Monk is that he's very much a kind of an in-the-moment manager, which is um, he's not going to think too far down the line. He's thinking about getting the next three points and that's all that really matters uh, and if he thinks that we're a weaker team if he takes Stephen Fletcher off on Saturday therefore he's not going to do it then uh, fair play you know at least we kind of know where we stand with uh, with Gary Monk if that's the case then you would think it's it's a bit of a given that Fletcher will play if he sees that as being the strongest team that he can put out on Tuesday night then Fletcher's got to got to be in it but um, it's um, I quite enjoy this kind of learning about new managers yeah because we're still kind of getting to, to kind of grips with who Gary so Monk is and what he, what he does and yeah. all this kind of stuff, and I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. Well, this is it. We, we're learning all the time, aren't we, about Gary Monk's methods, how he likes to go about his business. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's going to continue over the, the coming weeks and months, definitely. So Hull, um, they won at Luton last week. It's been a very mediocre start to the season for for Hull, hasn't it? Um, Before that, it was I think the second week of the season was the last time that they picked up uh, a win before they um, stuck in three at at Luton. The four and beaten, I think, at the moment in the league. But three of those have been draws, including on Saturday against Cardiff, which is and you know I think Cardiff got a last minute equaliser there to peg them back and a point against Cardiff I don't think is too shabby you know, I still think that Cardiff are going to definitely be in the, the top half uh, with the Neil Warnock factor there but yeah in terms of Hallway they're another side who they've got a new manager this season and they've signed 11 players uh, and so they're going through change and so uh, maybe isn't a surprise and, and also Grant McCann their manager I think it's a, it's a change in style and, and how he wants them to play compared to Nigel Atkins from last season, so that is going to take time for him to implement, uh, you know, his ideology. But you do look at them, and if Wednesday are off the game, and you, they've got Jared Bowen and Camel Grzycki, and Camel Grzycki's got four in four, and is a free kick specialist. So if Wednesday give any daft free kicks away, twenty five yards, thirty yards out. I'm telling you, at the very least, he get one of or two of them on target. Uh, and Wednesday shouldn't take anything for granted, as no one should forget the last time they went to Hull, they got turnover three 0 yeah. back in January. Remember that, that was season? A, that was a shocking performance that day. And yeah, Hull were far superior to them. So yeah, Hull, you 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 look at them and you think they haven't got too many stars, 
but yet they definitely have got players in the attacking areas who can hurt Wednesday if they're off the game. It, it feels a little bit similar, doesn't it, to the Middlesbrough game because they're another team that's kind of going through a bit of transition, new yeah. manager in the summer, new ideas. Um, I suppose Jonathan Woodgate, in, in, you know, kind of a more unproven uh, manager. Grant McCann has those credentials, but not quite at this level, has he? I don't think he's managed in the Championship No, it's before. the first time he's managed. He All did right. a very good job at Doncaster Rovers last season. They yep. got to the playoffs in League One. Yep. Uh, and I can actually see it being a pretty open match. You know, they will always give you Grant McCann's teams a chance at the other end. Uh, defensively, they're not the strongest, but they will play some pretty eye-catching stuff with the ball. Uh, and so, yeah, Wednesday mustn't give them th- that time and space in the in the attacking third, uh, or, or they're going to cause them a lot of problems. And uh, I, I would be very happy with a draw. I w- I'd be ecstatic with a win as... Uh, with respect, I, uh, I do, ex- I, I do think Wednesday should be beating Wigan on Saturday. So if they've yeah. got a draw tomorrow, um, anything more than that, and it, it, it's it's shaping up to be a really good week. Absolutely, I uh, can't disagree with that. I think a point would be a decent point to take four points from, from Middlesbrough and Hull yeah. away. We would when, have taken that that from the outset. Oh yeah, absolutely. You'd look at that and say, well, actually, you know, if we if we took two points from those two games and didn't lose either of them you'd think well that's not bad um but uh i kind of feel like if we play a similar sort of game on tuesday night as we did on saturday you know if we're ruthless and and take our chances it could be another good night yeah absolutely you're right you hit on the word of ruthless is is is, if they can be as clinical as what they were in that opening half an hour or so at middlesbrough they're going to give themselves a great chance of picking up another win i think defensively they're going to be asked a lot more questions by hull i uh, i think hull will be at it and uh, they've actually struggled up front in the system that they play, the one up top. That's where uh, they, they've they not had it so easy in that Tom Eaves um, hasn't scored for them and Josh McGuinness, the, the Northern Ireland striker, uh, has also been in and out of the team. It's the wide areas, though, that we know that uh, Bowen scored a couple last season against Wednesday. So um, if he, he, will, he loves to go one-on-one, with the fullback, and so I think if Wednesday play four four two, it's imperative that you get Adam Reach and you get Kadeem Harris. They've got to track back. They've got to help out because you don't want to be leaving Grzycki and Jared Bowen one on one with the two fullbacks too often. Agreed. Um, yeah, and then obviously Wigan on Saturday. We will be back with uh, another episode later in the week. Looking forward to uh, that one. Our opinions will also return later in the week. We're giving our brains a little bit of a bit of a rest. Having said that, it is the Player of the Month vote at the moment, uh, and I thought this is a real tricky one. Normally, there's someone that you just think really stands out. It's quite hard. Yeah, it is. Um, who, who would you, who would you vote for? Julian Burner obviously won last, last month. month. Yep. Um, so for this month. What Stephen Fletcher would be in amongst it, yeah, um, with a couple goals. Um, Barry Bannon, um, yeah. on good performance, the Huddersfield and Middlesbrough. I thought at times he ran the show, so they would be contenders. Um, and then other than that, um, Kadeem Harris, um, got an assist at Huddersfield. Um, I'm sort of That's winging a this a little bit, James. As he knew you. Uh, yes, you throw him in the mix. Atty, um last minute equaliser uh, against Fulham did a good job off yeah. the bench at Huddersfield. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, I, but I mean, I, out of them all, I'd probably say Fletcher then, uh, on, on off those names that I've just reeled off that we've reeled off. I've got a feeling Julian Burner will win it again. Well, yeah, it, he's, he's, had, had, he's had a good month. He's not really put a foot wrong. Yeah, true. Um, Fans I, I, love him. I, yeah, they do. I, I, if you. Barely stopped the, singing his name on Saturday, didn't I? And, uh, that's right. Um, yeah, Julian Burner is is definitely up there again. But if you're going for a different name, then I would say Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. But but I I would certainly wouldn't begrudge Julian Burner winning it for two months in a row. He he has just been one heck of a sign. He is a rock, isn't he? Really is. Uh, brilliant. Okay. Well, as you may have noticed, uh, we are now aiming to get the main episode out a little bit earlier. So Thursday evening is the is the plan. Just bear with us a little as we get into the routine. Uh, may still be Friday sometimes, but uh, this week it will be um, Thursday because I'm not around on Friday. So so we'll, uh, we'll have to do it then. Uh, right, you can catch Dom on Twitter, at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. Or contact the show, at Dom and James. A big thank you here to our gold sponsor, Taito Law. You can find them at titolaw.co.uk. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, let us have your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. Please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week. And check the show notes as well for details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you later this week. Thank you